1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. There's the Stones. Got to be time to talk music news with Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys? Today? Good. Do you have your Mega Millions uh, lottery I do. ticket? I do. They're sitting right here on the desk. So, so if see. you win, don't bother calling next week? Is that oh, what no. You're... I'll always do this. I what? Could the, I could be the richest guy in the world, and I'll do this. <laughs> you won't have to pay me. You won't have to pay me anymore. That's all. Wow. We'll do it for fun. And I'll, and I'll come up there and take you out for lunch. Wow. All right. In my Learjet. I have <laughs> I have to buy rock two bass boats if, uh, yeah. if I have the winning numbers. But that's yeah. okay. No one will deal. ever hear from me again. Yeah. <laughs> just I might you. have to get off to Vegas, though, and see Adele. Um, you know, Adele or you too, right? Yeah. And we've got, well, we do have. If you, got, you, know, if you have, win the lottery, buy, do it all. Why, why would hotel. you? Why, why, like you're going to count pennies and go, well, I can pick one, but not both. Oh, no, you can, you can see you can see both. So we do know, you know, Adele has announced, as we hinted last week, um, she did announce the return of her residency. She's going to start November 18th and do 24 shows through March 25th at Caesars Palace. So they worked that out. You know, they, they, there were all sorts of rumors she was going to do it in another venue, but they worked it out for Caesars Palace. Uh, she issued all sorts of statements saying, I know people were upset that I canceled, trust me, it was all for the right reason, yada, yada, um, you know, whatever you want to think about that. It is going to happen now. She promises it's going to be the best thing we've ever seen, so on and so forth. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, buyer beware, maybe, but uh, th- I think this will go. So, you know, you can you can pretty pretty confidently book yourself into my, Vegas. To see my it. guess is if you're an Adele fan, you're going to love the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and even if you're just a music fan, you're going to, you know, I mean, she's still going to be a great singer. I'm sure the visuals will be very compelling. So it'll be it'll be a nice night. Meanwhile, a lot of reports out there now that U2 has signed on for a residency in 2023 at the new MSG Sphere, which is going to open at the Venetian. This is MSG, stands for Madison Square Garden. It's that company. They're building this venue. Not supposed to be open, I don't think, until the fall. But apparently, they, the other word is they have U2 locked in uh, to be the first big act there. So U2 will be in a brand new place. I, uh, is Caesars Palace, is that on the same footprint as the, the ones that Sammy and the Rat Pack and all those guys were? Weren't they at, were they at Caesars or were they or, at the or Sam's? There was like at the Aladdin and places yeah. like that. I mean, you know, the, the, all this stuff is happening on the new strip as opposed to the original strip. So Okay, so is this know. a different Caesars Palace or a... No, that's I think it's the same Caesar's Palace. I okay. can't say my Vegas history is because that's an old you know, name. I'd need to see a map of Vegas from yeah, the sixties no, and seventies. Yeah, and... no, I bet I bet this is still the original Caesar's Palace, at least the place. You know, they've added obviously they've added on to it and changed things and modernized. But um, yeah, well, I would expect with all the you know. 
Yeah, I mean you got to keep oceans of money that flowed through there, and you got to keep up with the with the next casino. You know, this this MSG sphere is going to be the latest and greatest, but until somebody comes along and builds another one. Well, Brittany used to have a residency in Las Vegas, right? She did. She She was at what Planet Hollywood. I think she still lives in Las Vegas. In fact, does she? Is that where they kept her? Is that where they kept her in the crate? Was in Las Vegas, or was that okay? Um, Because she is. We had the story last week that it was rumored that she was going to record another version of Tiny Dancer with Elton John, which doesn't need to be done, but they're doing it anyway against my advice. Now it's done? Now they're saying they've done it. It's been produced by Andrew Watt, the same guy who just produced Ozzy Osbourne's new album, um, because that fits. And they said it was Elton's idea, and Britney's a huge fan, and, you know, they're kind of producing it and remixing it, and... Yeah, it'll be something new. This is in terms of, you know, what's in it for Elton is, you know, he's out there still touring, you know, still saying farewell, still trying to to stay visible and relevant. So he's, um, so this this gives him something new to put out there. He had great success on a new, it was a new song, but he had great success on a collaboration with uh, Dua Lipa uh, last year. So this year it's, you know, he's going to try something with Britney Spears. Meanwhile, uh, judge has ruled that Britney does not have to be deposed by her father in the latest legal wrangling that's going on. You know, she is going after her dad, uh, you know, for, you know, and accusing him of, of malfeasance uh, during his conservatorship with her. And he, of course, wants to depose her. And her attorneys argued successfully, at least at this level, that they, that, you know, it's unnecessary that she's, so on the record, and there's so much documentation already, it's unnecessary. The judge did rule in their favor. However, uh, the dad is going to appeal, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won the appeal. I mean, or, you know, a big a big part of any sort of U.S. law, civil or criminal, is the right to face your accuser. And I can't imagine you can just say, okay, well, you know, your accuser doesn't have to sit for a deposition. Kind of like if you're if you're taking somebody to court, then well, it'd then be you, pretty one sided if it if it weren't. I mean, right, right. I mean, the lawyer, you know, her lawyer has an argument that here here's this abundance of documentation. Um, you know, her her arguments are not going to change, but we'll see what happens. But that was a big win for her, you know, at least at the outset. Yeah, once you start putting dad on the stand, I would think that Christmases together are pretty much over, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're over as as it is. Where you want to know where your money went and you know all that malfeasance that can cover a lot of things, a lot right? of stuff. Yeah, malfeasance, bad behavior, you know, keeping her in a crate, uh, <laughs> you, you know, keeping her under surveillance. You know, all those all those things are part of the issue, right? It's another week, and another music catalog has been sold. Yeah, this one this one's got a little twang to it. Uh, Brad Paisley is is joining the ranks of artists selling their their rights. Um, this one is to a fairly new company called Harborview Equity Partnerships, and uh, they haven't released the terms of the of the deal. But you know, Brad Paisley has written 21 of his 24 number one hits. Which makes it a very valuable catalog, not only. And it the, seems like Brad Paisley's a little young to be selling his. He's his, on the younger tip. I mean, yeah. he's he's in, in his fifties. Um, he's on the younger tip, but you know, this is this, there. There have been younger artists who are selling their rights, and yeah, you know, it, it's getting well. The getting's good, and before the bottom drops out of that market. So, if you are a, even if you're a young veteran, 
if you have a substantial catalog that somebody will pay you, you know, in the nine figures for, you're gonna you're certainly gonna think about it. Twenty five million was the number, right? Uh, I, they, I, they haven't disclosed the term. Oh, okay. I thought I heard twenty five million. On the other hand, Madonna said she'd never sell her music library. You know, she right? Says, is she, she negotiating in uh, in public, or is she uh, does she mean it? Um, and my guess is the former. You know, this is a way of putting it out there, and basically yeah. serving notice to the to the world of these acquisition companies <laughs> that if you're going to come, come big. <laughs> Or don't, or don't right. come at all. <laughs> yes. Okay. We can say about a lot of things in Madonna's life. What so. would that number be, $100 million for the Madonna uh, catalog? Uh, I'm sure she is looking for, you know, she's probably looking for Dylan or Springsteen money. But, uh, you know, I'm sure she's looking for at least a quarter of a billion. Quarter of a billion for hers. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is. Yeah. Well, you can, and, you, and you can make the argument for it because if, uh, you know, granted there's prestige to catalogs like, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, and Paul Simon. But if you're looking for sales impact and songs that have proven themselves to be commercial giants, you know, Madonna can certainly make that argument. You brought up Springsteen, and there was some real clucking this week about <laughs> prices of Springsteen tickets. About the last week and a half. So, you know, basically what happened there, listen, they and, – and kudos in a way to John Landau, his manager, for more or less coming out and saying – gracefully but in so many words it's a cash grab we're going on tour to make a lot of money okay now hold on a second the spring is it is it Ticketmaster? that is that who's selling the tickets is that I, do i have the right, right company? It is okay is it does springsteen get paid does he just say give me x amount of dollars for the show and you sell the tickets i just need a check for the show and we'll see you later or does he get a percentage of every ticket sold or the dollar amount that it's sold for yeah, we do. We do not know what his specific deal is with Ticketmaster, but in most cases, the artists do get a percentage of that markup. So this whole dynamic pricing thing, where the ticket prices change as you're online buying them, based on demand, or as a buyer, you get sent directly to an authorized resell. <laughs> you know, in other words, somebody's going to scout. You know, Ticketmaster is facilitating you buying a pair of tickets that are essentially being scalped, um, the artists do tend to share in those profits, in those proceeds. So my guess is, without knowing for sure, my guess is that, yes, Springsteen gets a, a, cut, of, a cut of the take. And, and they went into it knowing that was going to be the case. I think they went into it you know, wanting it to be the case. And like I said, you know, when uh, John Landau spoke or issued a statement to the New York Times, he acknowledged that we are getting what the market will bear. We are getting what we feel we can get, what we've watched other performers get. And he went so far as to say, you know, basically when you're talking about one of the greatest live acts of all time, it's it merits the price. But and, don't you see the hypocrisy of oh, it, Gary? In that, in this particular case, listen, you know, and I've I've said this in many discussions we I've been having with people last week and a half. The Rolling Stones, you know, despite songs like "Salt of the Earth," the Rolling Stones are not positioning themselves as men of the people. Right, they're neither a rock is, and roll neither, band. Right, neither is Paul McCartney. Um, Springsteen has has saddled himself with a, you know, with a position, with a reputation. 
and that count, you know, if you're going to trade on that, it's going to bite you when you go against it when it goes against you. Now, we need to point out: Did that prevent these shows from selling out? No, they did not. No, that did not. Wasn't so, his uh, commercial during the Super Bowl all full of black and white dirt roads, uh-huh. bards, barbed wire, and he took heat for that too. For one, did. driving to a church. And the other reason was, I don't remember what it was. Well, was he, took, it, he, it, took, he, he took heat for, you know, quote-unquote selling out yes, to, so, the, okay, just... to the quote-unquote man um, and, and, <laughs> and doing an ad. And he took some deserved heat for a really bad commercial. Um, <laughs> you know, of those three, of those three, I, I just think that the, this really dull, um, he is such an, you know, he is such an earnest smart intellectual guy sometimes that comes back to bite him too it's just it just go it just goes a little too far i want to say something positive about bruce he puts on a great show well that's it i've never heard anybody complain about his springsteen show going that wasn't very good yeah and he looks great oh yeah he looks really good springsteen looks like he's 40 yeah well, 35 when you sell a lot of records and can ultimately sell your catalog for half a billion dollars, you you have the the resources to keep yourself very well preserved. And good for him for doing it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. For the him. one thing that's not in question here is these. There's these will absolutely be tremendous shows. And good for him for ch- being able to charge five thousand dollars for a <laughs> ticket and singing to those same people about being poor and struggling. <laughs> And them getting all teary-eyed uh, over it, old, right? Uh, how yeah. old is he? Springsteen's Springsteen's like seven? seventy-two. Okay, all right. 70, no, seventy-three. I looks think. great. He looks. Oh looks no, he does. Fabulous. Yeah, he looks, he's taken. You know, it's really since the since the born in the USA days, he's taken good care of himself, and you know, and he has been for the most part an upstanding citizen, which is why this becomes such an issue: is how can this guy, who's behaved like this, who speaks. These kind, you know, this kind of whose philosophy has been put out there, you know, very populist, you know, man of the people mm-hmm. type of philosophy. You know, how can this guy of all people uh, be doing what we complain about so many other artists about doing? But at the end of the day, and like I say, kudos to his manager for owning it. <laughs> Believe you it know, or not, Gary, we were talking about Bobby Sherman earlier today. Yes. <laughs> He just went off and became a paramedic, right? Do you know anything about him? Yeah, I, I, I saw like a People magazine headline about that, and uh, you know, you know, cute fact about him. Do you remember the uh, airplane, chartered airplane in the 1970s called the Starship? No, I don't. Okay, this was a seven, a converted no. 707 that Led Zeppelin, Elton John, Deep Purple traveled on. It had a, like a full working bar and kitchen. It had. You know, rear plane bedrooms with a working fireplace. Okay, so this was like a 707 that was like a giant yeah. tour bus. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Bobby Sherman owned it. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was the co. He was the nice. co-owner. <laughs> nice. Bobby Sherman owned Led Zeppelin's tour so plane. All those people in the Mile High Club get to thank wow. Bob, get to thank Bobby Sherman. <laughs> that is a great story. <laughs> wow. That is a good Bobby Sherman story. Oh yeah, no, it's you know of all the things here, squeaky clean pop star Bobby Sherman, <laughs> who, who owned who owned the Flying Gin Palace. <laughs> who was the guy from the Carol Burnett show that wound up Lyle uh, Wagoner owning all the yeah. craft services trucks or no, the he catering built, vans or he, whatever it was? He built all the trailers that they used on movie sets. Yeah, right. okay. yeah, yeah. 
yeah, by old... somebody somebody who saw a, you know an opening and an opportunity and took it. Got off the stage and into the money. Yeah, he came uh, he came up with the idea of we really need better trailers for these yeah. people, and they'd be willing to pay for it. And he was right, and he oh, yeah. became the king of the Hollywood trailer. Mm-hmm. You wonder, right. I don't know who it is, but the the first per I wonder who the person is who created the luxury tour bus that we see all the bands taking now. Right. And instead of the instead of the converted crappy, you know, Greyhound or school bus that they were they were using at the beginning. Somebody figured out let's take a hotel room a hotel suite right. on the road and that person is surely, you know, making tons of money. Well and then now you press a button and the the whole thing widens out and right, lengthens yeah, and an awning comes out now. and you have an outdoor patio. Outdoor yeah, TV, yeah, everything. Yeah. There's nothing you can't get on those things. Oh, it's now. crazy. It's, yeah. it's, and it's great. You know, again if you're gonna be an artist spending you know, however many weeks or months at a time on the road, have a have a little comfort. Nobody and, says nobody says you have to suffer you know, as, for your art. As nice as that sounds, Springsteen wouldn't be caught dead in one of those. <laughs> Not for a long time. Get in the back uh, of the gremlin, Bruce. Yeah, no, they they're they're in the jet age. Yeah, uh, Def Leppard and Motley Crue, you say here, are killing it with, the, with this tour. Yeah, no, they, not surprisingly, they are. I guess the kind of midway through the tour point report came out, and they said they're they're averaging ninety six percent of attendance at the at the shows, which is which is really really good, uh, playing to an average of about thirty seven thousand people a night. Um, it's so far it's generated four point nine four million in its first eleven shows, and that that makes it the top ranking tour out there right now. Yeah, they but they didn't that one go on hold for a year or so? Two years. Two years it was on hold, right? Yeah. So they've been sitting on some of that money. So people were patient, they delivered. Yeah. And it's doing well. Yeah, at least three of the four delivered. So if I go see Pat Benatar and I want to hear, you know, big hit, hit me with your best shot. No? You'll hear a lot of hits. You won't hear that one. Uh she and her husband Neil Giraldo have decided that in the wake of all the mass shootings, school shootings, mall shootings, and everything, they don't feel like it's appropriate to play a song with that title. Granted, it's not a song that mentions that's about guns in any way, but they just they just feel that it's not appropriate. You know, I you give them give them credit for their conscience and their conviction in that. It's not it's not like it's the only hit you're coming to see if you go to a Pat Benatar show. So yeah, I she's think, got a few others. I think we, yeah, I think we can allow them, you know, to act on their conscience, you know, this time. Does it come back, you know, in future years? Do they play it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in November? I don't know. You know, I think a lot's going to depend on the lay of the land then. But but it's an interesting thing, because I remember hearing, you know, the first few shows of the tour, people were coming out and saying, yeah, they were great, but why didn't they play Hit Me With Your Best Shot? And now we know. I heard Pat talking about how she has to change her show on stage because she's just older now, and she goes and pointing at dudes in the audience like she did 30 years ago seems ridiculous now. She does not do that. Yeah, there, there's a much... It's a much more of an adult kind of presentation. <laughs> yeah. She not like... And they are. I mean, they're grandparents. You right. Know? She's aged well. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, well. and how's her voice holding up? She's a, you know... Power. A, 30 years ago, she was belting songs out. I don't know if she does well, that and, anymore. And she has a lot of opera... You know, she was an opera-trained, classically trained singer before she got into the rock and roll, and she maintained 
that training and the, that exercise that you do. So she's been able to maintain her voice where, where a lot of others just blow them out. Um, she she really has she's taken care of her voice over the years. Right. Yeah, I read in People was, magazine about a million years ago. She had an eight octave voice, which oh, yeah. is like what? The, what? Yeah, who, no, else I mean, has, she, who else has an eight octave uh, voice? Piano. So anybody, okay. you know, I mean, the people in the opera world. Okay. Yeah, but there are there are good singers out there. Just saw Chicago here the other night, and they have a guy with their their new singer has a four octave voice, and and That's demonstrated four it. That's four less. That's four but he's not singing Hit Me With Your Best Shot either. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, All right, let's finish, let's finish with Slash. There's a couple of good things about him. Yeah, so he's. Uh, you can see him uh, on TV showing his uh, his comedic side uh, now in a in uh, one of these new um, Capital One Bank commercials, you know, what's in your wallet <laughs> commercials, where it's like the Barkley commercial where the pickup game for the basketball team. So Slash, <laughs> right. goes, Slash goes to an audition for a band. And yeah, they call him for his term, and he start, He plays the intro to "Sweet Child of Mine," and all the other people, you know, who are there to try out are like, "Oh." <laughs> so uh, it's a cute commercial. No, it's good. I like seeing Slash do that. But the better story is, he says he's never owned a copy of "Appetite for Destruction." Yeah, the one. I'm not sure. I'm not. I believe okay. he, he told a recent magazine interview that he doesn't think he's owned. He's ever owned a copy of "Appetite for Destruction." Now. You know, Slash's memory is certainly suspect, uh, g- given some of the things he did over huh. these rock and roll years. But um, but one of the one of the things he did point out was you have to remember when it came out. Yeah, we were excited and everything, but I didn't live anywhere. I didn't have a house. I didn't have an apartment. I was on a tour bus. He certainly saw copies of the album, but he doesn't think he ever had one for himself. And he says right now he knows he doesn't have one for himself. He has some albums around the house. But he's also not a really big record collector. Okay, that's... So, so that's interesting. Yeah, I'm still not sure I believe it, but it's 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 a cute thing. We had him on once uh, years ago, and he was awesome because he was just doing. He had the most average, normal day that any guy could have. Uh-huh. He said, "What are you gonna, What are you doing?" I goes, "Well, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I got to run the kids to school." Yeah, yeah. It was like just you know, you know, he feeds the snakes. And uh, practices his guitar. <laughs> I don't think he said feed the snakes. It was a little more normal. No, I than... think he feeds the snakes. You know, he's a he's a reptile guy. Yeah, I, but I so, but I think he does it. I mean, I okay. think that's that's part of the deal. Doesn't you know, have... take take the iguana out for a walk. Sure, I can throw a mouse in there as well as anybody mm-hmm. else. There you go. All right, Gary, we're out of time. You guys have a great weekend. All right, Ho- talk to uh, you next week. I hope if I don't win the lottery. You win the lottery. All right. I will take good care of you if I do. All right. We'll be be around. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Gary. Take care.